Do you long for more physical touch in your relationship? Or are you tired of touch that seems to come with expectations? The idea that touch can improve your relationship is pretty obvious. It is a great way to restore positive feelings in a relationship. However, many couples either forget to tap into this incredible reservoir of potential healing, or they have experienced a wounding that's connected to physical touch and have an aversion to it. In today's episode, we're going to dive deep into the benefits of physical touch and how you can deal with some of the problems that may have developed in your relationship that are related to touch. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Today's episode is on the importance of physical touch. And even as I say that, I know many of you are going to have a negative response to this topic for one reason or another. What was your reaction to today's topic? Did you feel yourself getting a little bit anxious or dysregulated in any way? If so, that's actually really normal. Many of us have experienced some kind of hurt or wounding that has become associated with physical touch. One of the things that often comes up in client sessions is the issue of physical touch. In fact, it's incredibly common that one or both of the partners have been dealing with issues related to physical touch. This is typically because touch has either become sexualized or it has come with expectations or it has just become unsafe. But when I say unsafe, I want to be clear because feeling safe is more than the absence of violence. Absolutely. It's also the absence of volatility and being in an environment where our nervous system doesn't feel threatened. Today, we're going to talk about why physical touch is so important. We're going to talk about how these woundings, our past woundings, can impact our ability to give and receive physical touch and if you're struggling with physical touch in your relationship, what we can start to do about it. So let's start at the very beginning. And by the very beginning, I mean birth. For those of you who have had a child, what's the first thing we do when a baby is born? We cut the cord. Well, okay. But after that, okay. before we clean up the baby, before we wrap the baby, what do we do? In fact, sometimes it's even after cutting the cord. What's the very first thing we usually do? Well, I remember is that we would place the baby skin to skin on the mother's chest. And why do we do this? And where did this practice get started? I often wondered that. Mm -hmm. um, I so, thought it was just something that we've always done. But realistically, they started this back in the 1970s. And it started with two physicians in Bogota, Colombia, who they looked around and they didn't have enough incubators for all the premature babies in the hospital. So they just started placing these babies, these tiny little naked babies on the chest of their mothers. And then they'd wrap the mother and the baby with this blanket or exterior wrap, allowing the mom's body to heat and warm the baby. And the babies, these babies, they thrived. And the doctors sort of were lauded for this technique. And so they named it the kangaroo mother method. And later it became kangaroo care. And now we just call it skin to skin contact. Right. And I love those moments, by the way. Those were like my favorite memories after birth. 
Um, and today, you know, what we do today is we actually offer this to both mom and dad. It's very common for dads to get in on this and offer this kind of skin to skin contact and not just in the hospital because we've started to realize the benefits of it, but even after you take the baby home. And, you know, I think we know it's important and I'm sure you've heard that it's important, but do you know why it's important? And actually there's numerous studies that have shown these different benefits to both mom and baby. So it decreases stress in both baby and the parents. It increases bonding and allows you to learn about each other. And from the father's point of view, I loved the bonding that I got from my babies. Yeah. It improves breastfeeding. It stabilizes body temperature, heartbeat, and breathing. It strengthens the baby's digestion and blood oxygen level. It produces a stronger milk supply for breastfeeding mamas. That's kind of awesome, huh? Isn't it? Yeah. And this last one is it reduces postpartum bleeding in moms. I love, I love just the benefits of that. And as this baby transitions, you know, into childhood, they have, they still have this need for safe, healthy, physical touch. And that doesn't go away. Children needs, they, they need all kinds of safe touch and, and they expect it. And that's they're always grabbing on mom and mm -hmm. trying to hug on her and all kinds of stuff. And, and it's sort of, it's, it's their way of, of learning this sense of love and compassion. And it communicates to them when they get that little hug and that pat on the back, it communicates to them that they're safe. Um, and, and as a result, our calmness, our calm nervous system helps to calm and regulate their nervous system. And it can lower their stress and their anxiety. How many times have we hugged your child when they've been anxious or, or afraid? Like if, this is, this is a well-known thing. And if you think about it, you've sort of proved that out in your own relationships. Yeah. So essentially, children are able to borrow from their parents' nervous system in order to learn how to regulate themselves. And as Robert was even just describing that, I was thinking back to my own babies and how they would come back almost like they were coming back to a safe home base, get their hug when they were scared or when they were having a little bit of attachment um, anxiety, yeah, run back yeah. in, get their hug, get all brave again. And then out they would go, run right? go play with their new friends. So yeah. really this is what touch the number one purpose for all of us. The number one purpose of touch is it helps us to regulate our nervous system. This is true for infants. It's true in childhood. And it's also true for us in adulthood. However, childhood, when we talk about childhood specifically, and why we brought this up is that that can be a time when we learn that touch isn't safe. Yeah, there can be all types of things that are woven into what physical touch is and what can it means. be. Yeah. And this can be a time when we learn that touch might be conditional, where touch might be yucky or confusing in some way, or why, where it might exist with volatility or even violence. So we're going to talk more about childhood and um, these woundings a little bit later in the episode. But first, let's talk about adults and yeah. adulthood. So as adults, touch, you know, when we grow up, we're just little kids that just get older. Right. It's not like we still don't need touch. I just think sometimes we apply meaning to touch and we're going to talk about that. But touch remains just as important as it was when we were a kid. And and there's so many incredible health benefits of touch and we that we need. And um, there's also different types of touch, right? right. So touch can be sexual. Yes. But most of the time it's not. And we need more of this non-sexual touch in our relationships. We need to do touch without expectations. Mm -hmm. I think touch gets a little unhealthy when expectations are built around it. Um, and then we can start adding meaning to it where it doesn't really apply. Um, yeah. Especially say maybe touch is just benefiting one person. 
Um, so for touch to remain healthy and safe, it needs to benefit both parties and there cannot really be any expectations from that. I think just if you think about your touch and your relationships, let's just, let's find a way to make it so that it, it, it benefits both people and that it can calm us. That's really what the goal should be. Right. And what's interesting. So I did this post on Instagram and Facebook oh, I remember this maybe one. a week or two ago. Yeah. And it was, it was just a little quick video of Robert and I kind of snuggling and I could not believe, I mean, I guess I do believe it, but I was still sort of shocked by the comments because it had, I don't know, maybe a million views and hundreds and hundreds of comments. And the common theme of the comments was either I miss this so much, yeah, yeah. you know, we don't have that anymore. We've been married 30 or 40 years and this is gone from our relationship or the other thread was, why don't men understand the importance of non-sexual touch? There was a lot of comments by women saying I, they wish their men understood this. Um, there was comments like, you know, lack of physical touch destroyed my relationship. And another one, many, many that said, you know, most men take this as an invitation for sex. So there's always that expectation for sex causing women to end up shutting down. And so I learned a lot by just reading through the comments. And it, it again, just illustrated more to me what a big problem physical touch can be for couples. Yeah, I think it's also sad that that there are those relationships where that dynamic comes out into play where, where they don't feel like they can touch each other without some expectation. And hopefully, by the end of this podcast, you'll learn some tools that will will help get you maybe on the right path where you can cuddle and snuggle. So let's talk about some of the benefits for a moment. And, you know, the only thing you have to do is a quick Google search on physical touch and relationship, and you'll find thousands of articles and studies just on the benefits of physical touch, healthy touch, especially non-sexual touch. So what are some of the benefits? Well, it can bring, just like when you were a kid, um, it can bring a sense of safety, which um, sort of reminds me of this article by Cohen, Schaefer, and Davidson in 2006, where, um, and I think we referenced this in another podcast, but um, these women were um, exposed to an electrical shock and they were measuring their brain waves right before they were about to give them the shock. And so they'd had like the stranger, maybe the lab assistant hold their hand and measure their brain waves. And then they brought in their partner, um, someone who they love and cared about and had them hold their hand while they were about to or going to deliver this electric shock. And mm -hmm. they found that the the anxiety was much, much lower um, when they're just holding the hand of the person who who they cared about. So that's that's one of the amazing benefits. Yeah. And, and and I think their their intent was to study, you know, reactions of physical touch. But that I, lo I love what the data showed in that instance. I love that. And yeah, again, it just brings this sense of safety to a person. It also touch can also build trust and security and self-esteem and inspire positive thinking. It can reduce your overall body tension and it helps regulate our nervous system, as we talked about. It also has been shown to lower blood pressure and lower um, anxiety levels to even lower social anxieties and stress. Yeah, I would say on the social anxiety thing, if you see a couple holding hands in the corner mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as they walk in, it's my favorite thing to do. If, uh, we like people watching, but if I see a couple come walking in holding hands or where the one will grab the other person's hand when they come into a room full of people that they don't know. I love that. Yeah. I mean that you can see that they're just, they're connecting in that way and, and finding strength from each other. And I, and I love that piece. 
Um, another wonderful benefit of touch is it can reduce um, your loneliness and your sadness and, and kind of reduce the, the, the isolation oftentimes that we feel in our, in our world. That that can be huge because that can ultimately end up reducing depression because those things that you're talking about, they, they lead to depression. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also touch has been shown to release healthy hormones like oxytocin, which is the attachment hormone, and it Im improves the function of your immune system. I think this is so cool. It actually reduces disease and improves the immune system because it affects the white blood cell count. That's why we call it non-sexual healthy touch. Mm, part of the reason. Yeah. yeah. Reduces physical pain and people who engage in like regular physical touch, they actually report higher levels of overall relationship satisfaction. So we know the benefits. You yeah. guys know the benefits. This is kind of obvious, but why does touch get so problematic in the first place? Yeah, this, this starts early. So this goes back to what we started talking about with childhood. Sometimes our signals get mixed up early in childhood. For some children, they just never had anyone to give them safe, healthy touch, and they never got to experience it. So, and for other children, they grow up with a lot of conditions on love. Mm. Like, so love is withheld if the child isn't acting or, 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 you know, maybe making goals appropriately. Um, and the child may feel that the parent may be emotionally and physically withdrawing from them when they're quote bad, or maybe they only feel love when they're doing something good. And then this can start establishing the idea that, that touch comes with expectations um, and conditions. Right. And so I, I can relate to that one because I feel like early on as a, as a very young child, I remember having touch, but the older I got, the less and less, um, I felt like the more cold and, and withholding, um, my, my mom was, and I always felt like love came with conditions and I don't have a lot of memories after maybe age five or so of, of having a lot of touch. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, you know, we talk about how, you know, our relationship with touch and how that comes together and Charlotte's relationship sort of was a little bit, um, we'll call it less touch and maybe more conditional. And, and in my family, there was just hugging nonstop. Like my mom was the biggest hugger. And your and, aunt. Oh my gosh. I remember meeting your aunt for the first time and being so uncomfortable because I didn't have that. Yeah. You should have seen Charlotte's face. You know, the first ever talk about hugging someone that doesn't want to be hugged. And that was, oh my gosh, that do you was Charlotte. Do you remember the time your mom met my dad? Oh, my mom hugged, um, Charlotte's dad, who by the way, is a, is my favorite person on the planet. I swear. But he was married to my mom, but he's married. Yeah. And so he wasn't <laughs> used to anybody hugging him. And, uh, my mom came up and gave him a great big hug and he just stood there with his arms next to his side, just looking, he did not know what to do. It was probably the funniest image I've have of, of those two in their first yeah. interaction. Right. So again, what we just talked about, touch can be associated with conditions, right? Yeah. So what else can become problematic in relationships that might stem from childhood? Well, sometimes sexual boundaries are crossed in childhood yeah. and this is really unfortunate. It could be, it could include sexual abuse, um, but also non-sexual abuse. So it can also include just poor sexual boundaries, like hearing sexual comments or having people walking in on you, maybe when you're in the shower, or maybe you hear adults in your life making sexual comments about other people. Maybe you get to puberty and someone makes you feel really shameful about that. So all of these things 
sexually can be connected with, linked with, and associated with physical touch in some way and, and cause us to have these later adult ab reactions to touch. Yeah. And so children can also see a lot of volatility or even violence um, mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, maybe not, maybe they don't feel like the person in their life is safe and reliable that, that they can turn to for, for calming physical touch. And remember our nervous systems are able to, we're able to sense other people's anxiousness and, and know whether or not they're a safe environment for us. So even when there isn't violence, children are aware that when their parents are dysregulated, and this can be the reason why they're unable to experience safe, healthy physical touch. Yeah. In fact, that reminds me, um, you actually have had quite a few experiences with clients, with patients when you've worked with, in, that you've worked with in the physical therapy setting. Yeah, with actually, this, right? that's right. I remember you were, we were just talking about that. My one, my one good friend, Michelle, um, who we had, I knew her all the way through undergrad and then we were in grad school together. And, and one day I think we were just doing something around the collarbone or the neck and she just jumped backwards and I had no idea, um, what the heck was going on. And she just said, yeah, I don't like people touching my neck. And, it, and I never, you know, I was actually so taken aback by that. We were really good friends. Um, it was just that one position. I think maybe, you know, she might've been assaulted when she was younger. And so you have to, you know, we, in the physical therapy world, when we're touching and, and working with, with patients, we're very hands-on. You have to be aware that some people may have experienced trauma and understand that they're going to have a, a, a rapid, um, response to sometimes physical touch. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a negative response that needs to be worked on. Yeah. So basically there's a lot of different reasons why individuals, um, struggle to be able to not only give physical touch, but also to receive physical touch later in life. We covered a number of different reasons, um, that, you know, that touch can become problematic and certainly it's very common. So if you are, it's very normal to, to have struggles related to physical touch. And many of the clients that we work with, there is an aversion to touch for a number of different reasons. Sometimes they're touch avoidant because of these childhood experiences that we just talked about, or it could be things that happened, experiences they had later in life in adult relationships. Maybe they were experiencing touch that wasn't beneficial or you know, mutually beneficial, or maybe it was harmful, or maybe it was conditional again. So there's, it could be stemming from childhood things that may be stemming from adult such experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about a mom who has her young children, um, her young children really expect and need healthy, safe touch. Mm -hmm. And so let's imagine the mom that's been, you know, all day, um, wiping runny noses, giving hugs, pats on the head, reassuring them. Um, she's been giving me this touch all day long to her kids. Right. And the problem may occur when the partner who comes home right after not being there all day. Um, and this is the partner who needs touch. Yeah. Um, and the other one feels like, you know, let's, let's just say the mom in this instance is beginning touch all day, right. You know, wiping noses, patting heads, yep. giving loves and hugs all day. And they just like, just, I just don't want anybody, you know, climbing on me or, or anything like that. And, and the mom may need some touch, but maybe she needs it in this example without expectations. I think that's it. I think that's the thing. And as I look back to being a young mom, it was like, just get off of me already. And you know, your children need it and expect it. And so you give it. And then your husband comes home and it's just like, not right now. But I also think that's the opportunity when 
that's actually when I needed it the most. I just needed to know that it didn't have any expectations attached to it. Yeah. And that's hard, right? Especially when you're younger, you know, and, and life gets so busy, busy and there's sort of the separation and to become home, to be able to come home and now and just cuddle her. Yeah. Um, I can feel her, her neurology and her physiology just change. So. I could feel it. I actually, even as you describe it, I can almost feel myself relax and start to regulate again, just kind of putting myself back into those moments of being a young mom. But that takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. So another problem we see in couples coaching is where touch has become so sexualized that some people will avoid it altogether because they don't want the expectation of sex every time. And then that leads to oftentimes resentment um, because of that, there was one of our, our followers and this, this comment really stood out to me. It was back in that same post that I made, yeah, but she yeah. said, I've known a lot of men in my life and I've never, I mean, that word stood out to me. I've never known one who didn't expect sex if he touched me in any way which is so unfortunate because, man, that really builds a lot of resentment. It causes a person to feel used. And then they end up just developing an aversion to both sexual and non-sexual touch yeah, altogether. They don't want to be touched at all. Yeah. And these types of issues are it's really sad because, you know, both partners are not getting the benefits of, of, of giving and receiving safe physical touch. Right. They may be struggling to give touch to their children as well because they've sort of turned off that mechanism or that, that, I don't know, they've turned off the need for touch and even wanting to touch people because of that in their relationship. That's and that important. trickles downhill. That's yeah. important. I think we should talk for a minute just about touch with our children, because you're right. Like if we've turned off that mechanism, we're likely not giving the touch to our children that our children need because we've created all these stories and meanings around touch. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about just boys in general, because yeah. that's, that's a big problem, I think, in our society. Yeah, we have a lot of different um, ideas about what boys are supposed to, you know, boys soon to be men, like how should how they should touch people and how they should not. And, and boys need safe touch, both from men and women. And they need this, you know, the, and because touch has become so sexualized, and, and now we're teaching them like, you know, don't touch anybody because it could be misconstrued. And, mm -hmm. and as a result, like we're sort of modeling that at home and their friends are. And so boys aren't receiving any physical touch really. And this impacts their future relationships. Imagine if you have, if you're raising your boy um, without, without clear conversations and helping them to understand what safe and unsafe touch is, um, they're not going to give, you know, safe touch or communicate that way communicate in that way because touch really is communication, right? They're not going to communicate in that way to their future children or even their partners. And so we're sort of, yeah. we're, we're handicapping them already. I... Um, if we don't work out a way to have safe and, you know, safe and meaningful communication through touch. So we have a 15 year old at home. Um, and it's always a little tricky when, you know, when you're when your fifteen kids year old grow, boy, when they're yeah, when they when they grow up, fifteen year old boys, right? They become not cool teenagers. As parents, they don't they don't want the hug at all, um, especially in front of their friends. Yeah, they might take a mom hug. They don't want a dad hug, right? But there's other things that they can do, and and I think we're going to talk a little bit of, about some other things later. But but like, there's different ways to demonstrate this unconditional non sexual touch. Like, you know, I'll put my hand on his shoulder when he's working on the computer. Um, He's always, he, and I think he's even more touchy, right? He always wants to high five yeah. 
high five me um, or a pat on the back as we go by. So we're always kind of maintaining that connection. Um, and I will give him a dad hug every once in a while. Um, yeah. But it's usually, a, you know, like he drained a really amazing putt the other day at family golf. So he got a hug from me on that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so cute because even though they say they don't want it, they really do still need it. And I think that's why at 15, he's constantly giving us like these high fives. Um, you know, if you have kids or teenagers that are at that point, you know, you could also have routines where you just, it's just part of the normal routine that all the kids get hugs before they leave for school. Um, our son likes to come into our room at night before going to bed and he'll sit on the bed and then he'll like lift his shirt up for me to scratch his back. And it's sort of like, he doesn't even say anything. It's this nonverbal communication. Like I need you to scratch my back, but I think it's not about the back scratch. I think it's because he comes into our room at night just to have his own nervous system kind of regulated before he goes to bed, which yeah. I think is so cute. Yeah, you're sort of tucking him into bed that way. That way. Yeah. Right. Because he's too old to be tucked into bed. Yeah. Um, when we're in church, he'll sometimes reach over and he'll like give me his hand. And that's because when he was really little, I used to give him these hand massages in church just to calm him down while we were in church to get him to hold still. And I would rub his, his fingers and kind of massage the palm of his hand. And he still to this day enjoys that. Like he still at 15 will reach over and have me massage his hand while we're sitting yeah, in church. That's pretty cute. Yeah. So if you've struggled with physical touch, so like, what can you do now? So we're going to talk about a few things. So one, Start by witnessing yourself and your past. So what is your relationship with physical touch? When do you put up walls and when do you not? Do you have a wounding from the past that is related to physical touch? Um, you may need to spend a little time acknowledging that wounding. And then ask yourself, when did I decide to put these walls up to keep me safe? And then when did I turn off my need for physical touch? Yeah, this is important to just reflect on for a little bit. Um, it's important to recognize that we create coping mechanisms for a reason. The unconscious mind's highest job, its highest prime directive is to keep you safe. So your younger self may have turned off the need for touch because it wasn't safe at the time yeah. or because it came with expectations. And it did that to keep you safe at the time. And that's okay, right? I think it's like we have to kind of honor that and be grateful for that at the time that that occurred. And that coping strategy may have kept you safe, but it may not be what's best for you now. It may be time to heal that younger version of yourself. Yeah. And number two, think about what physical touch meant to you and your family when you were growing up. As we talked about my family, there was a lots of physical touch, right? Lots of hugging and stuff like that. And I want you to think about it and be curious and think about what your family origin did and what their beliefs around touch were. Was touch given freely? Was it conditional? Was it volatile or was it safe? Um, when was it not safe? And more importantly, am I re repeating those patterns? And do I want to carry those patterns forward in my own family or do I want to break those patterns and create some new patterns? And then number three, decide what you want instead. So like we did here today, continue learning more about the amazing healing and health benefits of physical touch. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about them today, but you can go do research on your own and learn about it for yourself and decide that you want to make it a part of your life. So number four, communicate with your partner what you want. So let your partner know that you want to start experimenting more with physical touch in your relationship, but let them know what you need. Communicate with them that physical touch should also be mutually beneficial 
and should never have some expectations built around it. And maybe you can re-listen to this episode together with your partner and create some new agreements about how physical touch can be incorporated in your relationship. And then number five, and this may be the hard part for some of you, start experimenting with ways to participate in physical touch. And again, this is not sexual. So I want you to start slow if touch has been a problem. Yeah. Everyone is going to be different. Everyone's going to have a different paced pace. Um, but first, you may want to just simply start holding your partner's hand, especially when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed and need that calming, you know, borrowing your partner's nervous system. Um, maybe your partner can gently even just slightly rub your forearm while they're holding your hand just to soothe and to calm you. And perhaps when you're out on a walk or maybe watching TV or a movie, you can just gently reach for your partner's hand and you may get a surprised look in return, but just reassure them and smile. Dispel any doubts about your intentions, which goes back to our earlier communications about safe, non-sexual touch. And then another way to incorporate more physical touch is by hugging and cuddling, which are my favorite. Yep. So hugging and cuddling is an amazing way to release the attachment hormone oxytocin, which we meant, mentioned earlier. Just make sure, again, that you do this without any expectations. So another tip that we might have would be consider the environment in which the physical touch is being conducted. We've always said neurons that fire together, wire together. This means that all of your sensory modalities can either work for you or against you because everything in the condition where you're having this touch, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, taste during physical contact is wired to that touch. Mm -hmm. If you create a pleasant environment with an overall positive sensory experience, that will rebuild new neural pathways so that physical touch is an overall good experience for you. Yeah, that's really important. And as you think about maybe times when maybe touch wouldn't be appropriate, where you might need to have some boundaries is if the environment is not positive, then let's not anchor touch to something like maybe you're having a really heated discussion. Maybe that's not a good time because then you're wiring together anger or resentment with that physical touch. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if, you know, if there's a really positive environment where everything is calm and, and that's, you know, maybe things smell good or there's things that are visually beautiful. You're out for a drive. I'm picturing like driving up the Canyon and reach over and grab your hand. I get to wire in all of that positive, those positive sensory experiences to the touch. So just think about that. It's not to say you can't use touch as a way after an argument to soothe each other's nervous system, but it may not be something that's appropriate in the heat of the moment. In the heat of the moment. Yep. That's what I was right. going to say. So Bottom line is that safe, healthy touch is so important. There are unquestionable benefits for all of us. Just start looking for ways to bring physical touch back in one step at a time. And if you need help in healing a wounding or help in healing your younger self, please reach out to us because we have some incredible tools. Timeline therapy is an incredible tool that we can do together in coaching to help let go of those past emotions around that injury. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Remember to be kind and gentle with each other this week and focus on the small things that you can do. It's the small things done often that create lasting relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. 
Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.